Can you imagine the level of a mind that watches wrestling? The audience wants to see action, adventure, wrestling, and plenty of it. Big men in tights, you know the drill. Rammer Slammer. Welcome to Rammer Slammer. This is Ben Flanagan, and it's a big week, obviously WrestleMania week, and we're going to get you our predictions here with Will Nevin, and we're going to set up sort of the larger context of it all, specifically the buildup, which for me has been pretty disappointing, and I feel like a broken record, like the rest of the fans out there who who always say that the buildup to WrestleMania is a big disappointment, but I don't know, this year in particular, it has felt a little lackluster, and Stark and I will try to get into the specifics of why that may be, but I'm still pretty optimistic about how things should go down on Sunday. It'll be a a 24-hour show, uh, longer than ever, I'm sure, but I can't say I don't wish I was in Orlando there in the house watching it in person. Maybe one day I'll go to a WrestleMania in person, maybe 34 in New Orleans next year. We'll see. So let's get into it. This is Rammer Slammer's WrestleMania preview, starting out with my conversation with Ben Stark. And then after that, you're going to hear predictions match by match, the full card with the professor, Will Nevin. Thanks for listening. Ben Stark, how's it going? Good. How's it going with you? It's going great. It should be going better because we're in the middle here of WrestleMania week, which what? is, for, for I know, right? For, for wrestling fans, the biggest week of the year, Super Bowl week. It should be, but something feels a little different for WrestleMania 33. So I'm wondering on your end, if, if you feel similar to me, that this buildup that we've gotten from WWE leading up to this Sunday when this thing airs on April 2nd, this doesn't really feel like a traditional WrestleMania buildup in that it doesn't seem to have the same prestige and excitement on our end, the level of anticipation that we have to see these storylines come to an end or follow through on the potential and progress that they've made. For whatever reason, even though the card, uh, which has 13 matches, whoa, loaded card here, the card seems fun on paper in terms of you have these big headline matches, but something's missing from it. What do you think is missing? Um, gravity. Um, and, I mean, I will say that it's uh, – it's <clears throat> as long as I've been a wrestling fan, I've been a wrestling fan that has access to the Internet. And so it seems like any time that I really pay attention to wrestling – uh, around WrestleMania time, there's it does always seem like the consensus is that the build isn't very good. I can't really offhand think of like a super great build to a WrestleMania aside from 15, which was the first uh, Rock versus Austin um, storyline. Um, so I feel like every every year since then that I've been paying attention, it's been you know oh it's not even it's not that good. There's they're dropping the ball. It doesn't feel like a big deal, and then. You know, it depends on the WrestleMania, but oftentimes it paid off very well and ended up being a really good show. Um, so uh, I will say that. I'll also say that it seems like the the party line in, in recent years, at least, has been that WrestleMania isn't really for the wrestling fan. It's for the casual fan. So it makes sense that they would, um, you know, market this towards people that just want to have fun and want to have quote-unquote, the ultimate thrill ride, and just want to see funny skits and, and, and big spectacle things. 
and not great wrestling. And to that, I say, okay, if that's your stance, that's fine. But guess what? I am officially now a casual wrestling fan because I do not actively watch your TV show. And yet um, the thing that brings me back is the promise of good stories leading to good matches. So um, so there's there's a disclaimer, and then there's some fault, uh, some some um, failed logic there. But then, yeah, I think overall, specifically this year, there seems to be a lack of gravity. I, I'm not a, a, a active watcher of Raw, um, but it. I mean, every week I have my um, tradition of on Tuesday morning looking at the results and just kind of scrolling through all the stuff that doesn't seem very exciting, and every now and then something will read as, as exciting. And I'll check it out on on Hulu or <clears throat> on YouTube. Um, so that's I mean I feel like Jericho versus Owens has a tremendous amount of gravity, but it's a lower card match uh, for some reason. And I am an active watcher of SmackDown up until a few weeks ago when this AJ Shane storyline kind of took over the the main uh, picture on SmackDown. And while they're attempting to inject that with a level of drama and gravity. It's just, it's, it doesn't read right to me. Like, it doesn't feel authentic. Uh, it feels fake. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's something about the, the strange, like, savage, uh, not in, in wrestling terms, but just, like, you know, the bizarrely aggressive turn that AJ Styles has made in the last few months. I mean, he's always, he's been a heel for the most of the last year, but he, he's never been just, like, this attack, you know, civilian heel that he's become and it doesn't really make an awful lot of sense. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just feel like there's overall, there's a lack of gravity. And then the other big matches, um, uh, Goldberg Lesnar based on a video game and, um, undertaker reigns, which is just like, we're going to feud over who gets the nickname of the dog or the big dog. That doesn't seem very, very heavy. So yeah, there's just a, an overall, lack of trauma, lack of gravity that uh, is missing from this card, I think. You know, to the to the Goldberg-Brock Lesnar feud's credit, at least it's been building now for several months, at least since pre-Survivor Series, and, and it's, you know, led up to this, what will be the culmination of it, hopefully. On the other hand, you've got, I guess, in WrestleMania in general on the card, you've got kind of a mix of matches that have been building for a while, and then you've got some that have been just slapped together because they need something with, quote-unquote, gravity. They need a headliner match, like Undertaker Reigns. That was slapped together in a hurry. This John Cena-Miz mixed tag match was slapped together in a hurry. Same with Shane versus AJ. It's just a very forced narrative that, makes for a WrestleMania match, but it's just kind of happening just because. But along with Goldberg-Lesnar, you know, you've had these long builds like Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton, which has been, you know, building for a long time. Seth Rollins versus Triple H, ever since the, the authority angle, or ever since the authority tapped Seth Rollins to be the future in the architect, we, we knew at some point they were going to turn on each other, and, and it was going to result in a big match between Seth Rollins and Triple H. So that's something that, on paper, should work, and, and the same goes for Bailey versus Charlotte versus Sasha Banks and now Nia Jax. I mean, that's something that we probably should have expected for WrestleMania, and perhaps that's sort of an apples and oranges thing, and maybe that works for different reasons. But even with the the matches that have these long builds, like the one I've mentioned, it still feels like the the build themselves, especially in the weeks leading up to this, 
they've lost a little bit of flavor. And, and I think more, more than any, for me, the, the Rollins versus Triple H thing, that should be an enormous match. You know, and whether it's, yeah. whether it's Seth Rollins' injury that, that hampered it and, and Triple H is obviously his, his uh, obligations outside of the actual wrestling side of the business that have sort of kept him out of the loop and kept this feud from being as good as it could be, it's just not as good as it could be, and, and it should be better. And, and, yeah, just again, I just look up and down the card, and there's just so much potential for everything that they're giving us. It should be great, but it's not. And, and, and I look at Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. I'm no fan of Randy Orton, but this is the championship match. He's the Royal Rumble winner. Bray Wyatt is the WWE champion, and this is a straight-up mid-card match that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of this WrestleMania. So if that's the case, and, and all this other stuff I've just mentioned is, is the case, something's wrong. Yeah, something's very wrong. Because, uh, you know, I mean, after uh, Elimination Chamber was a great moment for Bray Wyatt. And there was this big, you know, I think we all saw it coming uh, the day that he won the championship. There was this big, you know, rabble from the announcers of, oh, wow, how is this going to change the landscape of WWE and, and how, you know, he's, this guy is the champion and all this stuff. And it's, it hasn't mattered at all. Uh, he matters less than, he matters as much, if not less than the intercontinental champion. So yeah, it just doesn't seem like there's, there's, it's a mid card belt now. And that's, that's unfortunate, but that's how it's being treated. And, you know, there's, there's, yeah, there's, Nothing will be different. That's that's the thing is that there's no there's no hope for anything the day after WrestleMania being a, a big payoff to anything. I mean, the, the biggest payoff we might get is that Brock Lesnar is the Universal Champion, but even that we we've seen before, and I can't imagine how that's going to really impact anything. So yeah, it just seems like nothing is going to be different. So you know, it doesn't feel like a turning point, which is what WrestleMania used to be. Yeah, and, and I, I'm just curious, from the card that we have here, and then that's 13 matches, including the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, what, what's the match you're looking forward to most? Which one do you think comes closest to being one of those WrestleMania matches that you've been hyped for for either all year or, or just at least several months now? Um, <clears throat> it's hard to say. I mean, I think I think the one I'm looking forward because there – so the main event is interesting, but only because it, this is like the fourth year in a row now where the main tension of the main event hasn't been who will win, but rather will it be a disaster? You know, will it be an unmitigated disaster uh, with with the the potential of a Randy Orton Batista main event that that would get booed out of the building or. Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar, getting booed out of the building. Obviously, both of those, they came out on top. And then last year with Roman Reigns going over Triple H and getting booed out of the building. Um, that wasn't a disaster, but it sure wasn't, like, special. Um, so this year, again, there's this – I'll admit there's this tension of, is Goldberg going to fall apart the second that he takes an actual bump? Uh, tension to this match. Um, but I'm not actually that excited in the match itself. I mean, I think – there's, you know, there's been some chatter about, like, what if they've been rehearsing this, like uh, Warrior Hogan or, like, Steamboat Savage, and they've mapped out, they've gotten with Pat Patterson and mapped out this, like, all-time classic of these two big, strong dudes just hitting each other really hard. 
dude, if that if that's what that turns out to be, I will I will be the, the loudest person cheering it on because that would be awesome. I'm not expecting that, so that's that match isn't really that high on my anticipation meter. But uh, I think my top one is probably Triple H versus Seth Rollins, and the build hasn't been great, but it's still Triple H and Seth Rollins. Triple H brings it when he's he's on the stage. He wants to be the shining star on on the uh, on the card. And uh, obviously Seth Rollins is, is who he is, even though he's been considerably neutered in the last year or more. Um, so yeah, that's probably the one that feels the most special, just because it has been building for since what September or August or something like that. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that the one with the most kind of heat, or for lack of a better term, is probably Owens versus Jericho. But I've never really. I don't know. I've never really seen that as a dream match of any sort. It seems like it was just something where they threw those guys together and those guys made the best out of it and, you know, parlayed it into a WrestleMania U.S. title match. I still think that probably should have just been the universal title match um, to elevate both of those guys and give Chris Jericho um, a bit of an award, you know, at the top of the card after being marginalized for so many years. But uh, but yeah, so those those three probably have the most interest for me for yeah. various reasons. The Lesnar Goldberg point you made is interesting about the potential analogy to the WrestleMania six match. But I, I just I, what evidence is there that Brock Lesnar is going to make time but, to do that? Well, you know? what evidence is there that Goldberg can move a quarter of the speed? Of, of Warrior for an extended period of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he he's not done he's much. He's in good shape. Yeah, he's, he's in incredible shape. shape. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, who, who couldn't admire that? I mean, the guy has obviously worked his tail off to to pull off what he's pulled off so far, but I think the, the, the workout has been the highlight of it all. You know, like in terms of actual matches and in, in actual, you know, physicality and in action in the ring, there just hasn't been a lot. It's lasted less than a minute almost each time, like his match with Lesnar at Survivor Series was like a few seconds. His match with, with Kevin Owens at Fastlane was just like less than a minute. So, and, and, you know, I don't know if they're they're trying to go for this sort of like MMA feel where it's like a heavyweight, he- heavyweight match, you know, it will end in a knockout in a hurry. Like sometimes those matches last literally like 15 seconds. Maybe that's what they're going for. I know that Goldberg oh, yeah. and, and you know Lesnar is obviously a product of that, but for that that for me for years like the UFC thing and in WWE they, it doesn't translate. It never has. It I, I think that UFC has in a way been pretty bad for WWE in a lot of ways, and and so I, I just I hope that's not what they're doing, but it probably definitely is. And, and it, a big source of frustration for me w- with this is the Styles versus Age, the Styles versus McMahon match. And look, I, I love Shane McMahon; he's great, and, and his comeback obviously gave WWE a shot in the arm that it needed last year. And, and you know, we, we didn't love the Undertaker match at WrestleMania 32, and it seems like we have this very similar build that we're getting here, even though it, it sort of came from nothing. For AJ Styles, but what frustrates me so much, the Undertaker thing didn't bother me so much because Undertaker was a part timer and and he had like a, a, few, a couple of matches left in his career in total. AJ Styles is is a guy who is he's not obviously somebody who's up there in years like the Undertaker, but 
he's not a spring chicken, you know, and he just got to WWE. He's still in incredible shape. He's still capable of putting on all-timer great matches, and he he's only got so much uh, of uh, an opportunity. The window's only only this open, I, I would say, for AJ Styles to to make the most of his WWE career. I mean, this is a guy who could go down as an all-timer in the industry, and he probably will as a whole, you know, nonetheless yes, in the industry, there, yeah. but he could go down as an all-timer in WWE. He had an incredible year, and, and up to this point, he, he was having a great year, and so I just think that you're wasting AJ Styles in a feud in a WrestleMania match with Shane McMahon, a non-wrestler. I think you've well, got to give AJ Styles as many opportunities to face the best that you have on the roster as you can because I don't know how much longer AJ Styles can keep going at the level he's going. Well, look, just, I mean, talking about making WrestleMania momentous, and I hate to get into fantasy booking, but just just imagine for a second that AJ Styles or and and Seth Rollins swapped opponents, and you had on this on this card Shane McMahon versus Triple H and AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins. Like, in their own way, don't both of those matches just, like, get you so excited? You know, you have Seth Rollins, who's who's uh, becoming a great good guy, and then you've got AJ Styles, who's a great heel. Uh, you know, if they were to cross the brand divide and, and, and tussle, that would be great in, in terms of storylines, but it would also be great in terms of in-ring action, obviously. Those are probably the two best performers that they've got, best wrestlers, sorry, I shouldn't have said performers, and then if you had Shane versus Triple H, that's a real-life tension. You know, there's so much real-life drama that you could pull out of that, and it actually ties back to the bizarre version or, or reason that Shane came back to WWE to begin with, which was the Battle of the Inheritance. Inheritance. Right, exactly. Like, that's that's if you're going to have the freaking McMahons on screen, then tell that story. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't, don't make them just go out there and make actual wrestlers look weak by – you know, being threatened by these guys that are office workers. Um, so yeah, I mean that's 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 the kind of WrestleMania buildup that it's been, where it's like I can't help but spend most of my time thinking about what I would rather see and, and how it would be much better. So the the dream matchup, just like strictly from an in ring athletic wrestling standpoint, if you could pick any two from the roster combined, it would be AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins, wouldn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. So why isn't that a WrestleMania match? Why, like, why because is WrestleMania is I, I just don't get it's it. It's not like, for wrestling fans. It's for uh, it's for so roller you're, coaster fans. You're, you're the it's, New Japan. It's a, it's a roller coaster. Thing. You're the New Japan guy. If, mm. if this was New Japan, that would be the big what? Like, what's the big? Is it Tokyo Dome or whatever? Kingdom. The yeah, the, yeah, the, that'd be a Tokyo Dome headliner. Oh yeah, that absolutely. would be it, right? Like that would be the sure. big huge match that would would be the Super Bowl for New Japan. Uh, wrestling and, and here it's just like wait no we have other stuff we we rather well, here what do. they're doing is is a much more egregious version of what WWE used to make fun of WCW for doing you know WCW would have these these Starcade main events and one of the Starcade main events was Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper you know 11 years after that was a a headlining feud and they're doing that times three you know where they have Brock Lesnar an older star versus Goldberg a retired star um, that wasn't even ever really a star in their company. Uh, so it's it's 
they're doing they're they're making all the same mistakes that other massive um wrestling companies have made uh before and they're not learning from those mistakes. Yeah, I've seen some jokes on the internet about how WCW has sort of like quietly won the battle against WWE yeah, and that Goldberg's on top and you've got uh there there are other things that that would suggest that so you have a 3 hour super show that that yeah. doesn't make any sense and you have Jericho this, uh, this this ongoing heel faction in the authority, like the NWO, that just comes right. out for no reason and stomps all over everybody. You have a cruiserweight division that has there good matches is. Yep. that is o- overlooked. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of... of uh, you have a, a, a later-in-the-week two-hour show that, that is totally marginalized and clearly the B-show. Yeah. Yep, it's, it's, there's a lot of, of parallels here. And it, it's the same root cause. It's, it's um, you know, it's... Uh, disorder at the top, and, you know, uh, in this case, it seems like Vince McMahon is Hulk Hogan. You know, Hulk Hogan was the guy at the top creating chaos because he was he had all the contractual power in WCW, um, but here it's, it's Vince McMahon who's just going to have his way no matter what. So, just broadly for this show, I don't, I don't know if you're watching all 19 hours of this live on Sunday, but what what is your expectation? Like, what are you hoping to get out of this? Out of after this buildup that has been relatively disappointing, and like you said, that's not unusual for WWE to have a disappointing WrestleMania buildup. But this one seems to be lacking a little bit, like we've mentioned. But on Sunday, what what are you hoping? Like, what's best case scenario for this? Man, first of all, I don't even know if I'm going to get to watch it on Sunday, uh, and, I, and I and I'm okay with it. And that's that's. That's pretty painful. But, um, yeah, I think it's still going to be WrestleMania. And I think at this point, if I really have to – I don't want to analyze the magic of it too much, you know, for, for fear of of ruining the mystique for myself. But I think that, you know, the stage, the lighting, the, the atmosphere will, will definitely be there. There will probably be a, a handful of great entrances and a handful of awesome moments. Um, so that's kind of what I'm hoping for, I think. I think they've definitely, like you said, the paper, the card on paper looks fun, and I think there'll be some fun to be had. I think it does look like a better card than last year. And last year was, it had the grandeur and it had the big, you know, event feel, obviously because of all those people and because of that stage and and all that stuff. But it, it felt very inflated, you know, with all of these non wrestling moments and, and strangely, um, you know. Pairing Steve Austin with Shawn Michaels and Mick Foley, you know, and all of them, the, the awful rock moment, all that stuff, it felt so inflated. I feel like this year they've they've actually front loaded it where they don't have they won't on the day they won't have to just come up with stuff like that. They'll actually have the the, the setup for the big moments, so that's exciting. And most of those moments are related things that happen in the ring. I'm not looking forward to the new day uh, kind of being the the hosts, which makes no sense. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I think it will still feel special, even if it's for reasons, even if it's just because it reminds me of times when it was both special and good. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it, it totally does. And uh, all right, well, Ben, I think that's I think that's good. We're we're about to go through some predictions now with Will Nevin. So yeah, I mean, unless you have anything else, so thanks for the time. No, thank you.
Hey, Fred, how was the wedding? Well, I just wanted to thank you for making Debbie go through with it and everything. All I did was fan the flame of her passion for you, Fred. <laughs> you are the best. No, you are the best. Rita, this is Debbie and Fred Kleiser. Hi. Here you go, kids. Congratulations. What is this? No way. WrestleMania! No way! No This is Ben Flanagan back again on our WrestleMania preview for Rammer Slammer, talking with none other than the professor, Dr. Will Nevin. How's it going, doctor? Not too bad, Mr. Flanagan. Good. So it's WrestleMania weekend, and like WWE, we're going to gloss over the NXT TakeOver, which I'm sure will be a, a fun show this weekend, and, and as well as the Hall of Fame. And we're going to jump right into the main event, the uh, 19-hour main event happening on Sunday on the WWE Network, starting around uh, 6 p.m., I believe. And we're going to run through our predictions, match by match, the full card here. And, Will, I, I think that it, it's important that we be as uh, – not not as you know brisk as possible. We, we should spend a little time on this and, and you know, share our thoughts and be, be thoughtful, but – there are a few matches here that just don't matter as much as uh, some of the others, a handful of them, in fact, and, and I'm I'm guessing that they had just as much uh, of a conversation in terms of what to what, how to program the pre-show as we will sort of siphoning out how we're going to spend our time predicting these matches. So I'm going to start with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And this is a 30-man battle royal again. And I think he just told me that this is going to be on the pre-show, which I don't think they've done before. I think I think last year it was right before the main event or, or maybe a couple matches before that. But I want to get your prediction here. Who's going to win this thing? There, there are 30 people, but I think that there, there's really only a, a, a probability that three of them could win it. I think uh, – <coughs> oh, excuse me. I think that this match is basically going to be designed as a Braun Strowman showcase. And he's going to be there right at the end, and he's either going to win it or they're going to use it to set up his next angle. Because if you look at the last, I don't know, six, seven months of programming, um, the the effort that has gone into booking and promoting Braun Strowman just for him to wind up in this uh this battle royal, which doesn't mean anything, um, it really says that you know Braun Strowman probably deserves better, but this is all they have for him. So I think he's going to be featured in this match, and I would be surprised if he doesn't factor in the finish. And specifically, I'd be more surprised uh, if he didn't win the thing. I agree. My prediction is also Braun Strowman. But I think there are a few factors to watch out for. I think one of four people could win this thing, including Braun. I think Sami Zayn is a possibility to win it. I think Big Show is a possibility to win it, just as a matter of sending him out uh, with style, not necessarily you know doing the whole like go out on your back thing. I don't think that necessarily applies uh, to the Battle Royal, and we don't really know when he's going to retire anyway, but this could be a nice send-off for him. And God help us, I think Mojo Raleigh could win for some godforsaken reason because I have just this weird sixth sense telling me that Vince wants to give him a push out of nowhere. I don't think that's going to happen, and I pray that it doesn't, 
but I think Braun Strowman is probably going to win. So that yeah, uh, I think uh, I think I had Dolph Ziggler in that uh, fourth Mojo Raleigh spot as just a guy who could win for reasons. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I think I, I think it's about all we need to say about the battle royal. Next up, the SmackDown Women's Championship match. This is a a six pack match, which is too many. But well, actually, hashtag well, actually, um, WWE.com is advertising it as Alexa Bliss versus the Field uh, champion Alexa Bliss to defend against all female SmackDown Live superstars who are available to compete. So don't right. don't you limit us to six. I think it's going to be six. I, I do, and and I I think that Naomi is going to win the belt back. I think that's what should happen. I thought it was bizarre that she relinquished the title when she did due to you know quote unquote injury. But I think the she's just she's paid her dues. She's an outstanding athlete. She's a ton of fun. Has a, a ton of charisma. She should be the champ right now. I think she's gonna she's gonna win it, and it might even set up uh, either a feud with her her old pal Becky Lynch or sort of a three-way feud between those two and Alexa Bliss. So I'm picking Naomi. I will take the field generally to win, uh, but I will say if not Naomi, I think my second second most likely champion out of that match is Asuka. Asuka uh, debuting in the match uh, because she she has been working SmackDown house shows, so that's always a possibility. Very interesting. I, I told you before this called No Dirt Sheet Rumor Stuff, uh, Nevin. So if you've read that and we're getting an Oscar debut, I hate that you just spoiled it, but I'll be I, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it's a spoiler. I am informed of nothing aside from she has worked SmackDown House shows, and it okay. makes sense. Hey, that's just good reporting, you know? Um, Absolutely. Next up, the Raw tag title match, which I personally couldn't really care less about, but we've got Luke nope. Gallows and, and Carl Anderson versus Enzo and Cass versus Cesaro and Sheamus in a, in a triple threat tag match. And look, I'm sure that they, they might do good work here and it could be an entertaining match, but I, they've done nothing in, in the tag division sort of in general, but with this build up to make me care about this match, so... Hopefully this goes onto the pre-show. Not that it'll matter because I'll watch all of it anyway. But I, I guess if I got to make a prediction here, I, I guess they finally give Enzo and cast the belt. Um, yeah, I mean that makes as much sense as anything else. Uh, I think I'd rather have uh, Tex Ferguson and Chad too bad, um, just because I don't think any any act in that match is working right now. Um, I think we have overexposed and pretty much killed off whatever good vibes Enzo and Cass had, and Cesaro and Sheamus are just kind of they're just there. I mean, it's it's not offensive, but it's just there. So, sure, let's um, let's give uh, uh, Enzo and Cass the belts and hope for a tag division that matters on that show. But hey, at least at least the raw tag division is getting a spot on the show instead of being thrown into the battle Royal, like the SmackDown division. Very true. In the SmackDown division, there are 14 tag teams. So it's not like they're lacking for participants in a tag team title match. So yeah, strange, but who cares? It'll be over soon. (laughs) So we've got the, the cruiserweight championship 
next on the list here between Neville and Austin Aries. I know that there are people out there who think that this is a, a dark horse for what could be match of the night between these two. And, and to its credit, I think the build has actually been pretty strong for, for this. And, and that's due in large part to sort of the, the emergence of Neville on the Cruiserweight roster, who has been a fantastic champion and has put on really good matches. And Austin Aries is clearly really talented on the mic and has done his part in, in that regard to, to help this speed out. So I think this could be a really good match, uh, not necessarily one one for, you know, the history books, but it, it could be a fun one because Neville's always so great in the ring, and, and I think they're going to keep the, the title on him personally. I tell you, if you wanted to kill the cruiserweight division, uh, this would be a pretty good way to do it uh, in that you're getting the two best possible guys you could get. You, you are booking the signature feud of the cruiserweight division, and you are throwing it onto the pre-show, um, which is it's, it's a shame, really, because this, uh, this is the program that should carry them for months. And we're getting our first taste of it um, in in what's going to be, uh, you know, a half-empty stadium. So um, <laughs> I, I think I'm with you. I think Neville retains here through chicanery, and maybe we get more of this program, and maybe, maybe they start to realize what value there is in the cruiserweight division aside from, you know, a bathroom break on Raw. Yeah, you know, look, man. I think it's the purple ropes. I think you gotta. I think you gotta get away from the purple ropes with the cruiserweight thing, and and maybe people will will not check out as much as they did. And I think the way that they sort of started following the cruiserweight classic and in, in the winner of that, I think left a lot to be desired for a lot of fans, and, and didn't really introduce the division with the big bang that it probably deserved. But they definitely gave it a shot in the arm with Neville and Jack Gallagher and. In, in Austin Aries, they've all been really good, and Rich Swan has contributed a lot, obviously. So it's got a lot going for it, but it just hasn't really hit the home run, despite their really entertaining match at Fastlane. Maybe this match, despite it being probably on the pre-show, maybe this match will do it some favors. So I, I hope so. I hope so. And this this could be a, a match that you would really highlight on one of the Raw pay-per-views, and I, you know. WWE has gotten in this mindset of, oh, my God, we have to get everybody on the WrestleMania card, which is why this card is going to be six hours long. Nobody wants to watch a six-hour show. Not everybody needs to be on this card. You should have saved something for, you know, the next pay-per-view in like three weeks. But, you know, Vince doesn't ask me when he books these shows. Yeah, so I guess that does it for the the would-be undercard matches that may or may not be on the probably will be on the pre-show, let's be honest, and, and it leads us to sort of the meat of WrestleMania. And let's start with the match that I think probably should be on the pre-show, and that's this mixed tag match between John Cena and Nikki Bella and The Miz and Maurice. And look, the the SmackDown show and, and these participants, they've certainly done their part in helping to build this, but it seemed to sort of like materialize out of nowhere and I guess it, it's a good enough sort of jumping off point for Cena to take a break from wrestling for a while and, and to perhaps send Nikki Bella off into retirement. But I don't really care about it outside of the fact that The Miz has been really funny in, in the buildup and in those ridiculous and, and way too committed Total, total Bellas uh, uh, parodies that we've seen on SmackDown the past couple of weeks. 
But that being said, uh, Cena and Miz are, are super entertaining, and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what Bella, Nikki Bella and Maurice can do uh, against one another. I just, you know, as much as I like the Miz, I, I, I kind of wish the guy had way more to do at WrestleMania than what he's getting to do here. But, you know, it sort of is what it is. If I ha- if I must make a prediction here, it's, I guess that Cena and, and Nikki Bella will win, and, and they'll, you know, kiss in the ring and, and do whatever it is that Vince wants them to do with whatever this thing is. So, yeah, yeah. you take it. You know, I I would venture to guess that everybody in this match deserves better. Um, <laughs> John Cena, yeah, that was a, a, a weird, strange line that he had on SmackDown, you know, a month ago. It's like, oh, if I had my say, I'd be facing Undertaker in this match. And, you know, that, that's a nod to the the, quote, internet fans who have been calling for uh, a big Cena-Undertaker, you know, featured match at WrestleMania. And if this is Taker's last match, then we're not going to get that. And I think we'll look back at this WrestleMania and think, what could have been? We'll look back at last year and think, what could have been? Um, Like you said, it's just, they've they've tried to build up this idea that, oh, all these guys, you know, really don't like each other. You know, this is this is real stuff they're talking about. And it's just, you know, this this work shoot stuff, it's getting old. Um, Miz struck gold, that first promo against Daniel Bryan, and it's been diminishing returns ever since. Um, I, I want the women in the ring as little as possible because whatever talent Nikki Bella has in the ring, Maurice has even less. So I just I, I don't want to see that. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be Cena and Nikki going over and doing something that we probably have to have seen Total Bellas to completely understand. And I've watched enough WWE programming as is. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I think everybody in this match deserves better. You're not up on us. total. You're not up on Total Bellas canon, Will? Oh no. Oh no. no. Okay. All right, well, then we should move on. So <laughs> next is the Intercontinental Championship match, which is an afterthought. And we'll probably end up on the pre-show at the last minute because nobody cares. And people probably should. And, and look, it's a loaded card, and it's gotten lost in the shuffle because of all of the other headlining acts. But look, we've got a couple of full-timers here who have been pretty consistently good on SmackDown uh, for for a long time now, and and have put in a lot of terrific work. And you know, normally, uh, you know, at like a maybe a, like a SmackDown pay per view, this would be a big highlight because again, I like both of these guys. I think they they do really solid work, especially character work, particularly on the part of of Baron Corbin, who I think has been uh, largely underrated in terms of his commitment to his just straight up traditionally mean character who who just wants to beat up everybody in his path to, to, on his way to the top. I think that's just really good traditional wrestling storytelling, and, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. So I, I think that this should be – it should be a better match than I think we'll get, but it is what it is. I think that Baron Corbin's going to win the Intercontinental Championship here. I think Ambrose has, has had it for a, a long enough time and maybe is ready to move on to something else, so we'll see what happens there. But – Corbin's put in the work, and I think it's time for him to have the IC bill. Absolutely. And 
you can see a post WrestleMania SmackDown title program that not to get too far ahead, but Randy Orton, Baron Corbin would make sense um, as uh, a world title level program. You need to maximize what you have if you're if you're WWE uh, with Baron Corbin. You need to push him up the card uh, because I you know I think he's a perfectly serviceable heel that's getting better. Uh, Dean Ambrose, I I continue to sour on him. Um, the way that they've booked the character, his wrestling style. I mean, it's just uh, he is falling farther and farther outside of what I view somebody as you could build a, a promotion around. So, yeah, I'm with you. Baron Corbin wins and uh, moves on to better things, and we try to figure out what to do with Dean Ambrose. Okay, so we get into, like, the real heart of WrestleMania 33 here, and I'm going to start with Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. And, and Nevin, this match bothers me for, for a few reasons, and I have no doubt that these two guys are going to put on a great show, and, and it's going to be really entertaining. With all due respect to Shane McMahon, who has done a good job, I guess, he, at least last year he breathed new life into WWE with that big-time return before WrestleMania 32. This match, for me, just it feels beneath a, a wrestler of the caliber of AJ Styles. You know, he had such a phenomenal year, and, I mean, the guy's 39 years old. He only has so much time left to perform at the high level that he does. So I'd personally just rather see him compete against a comparable in-ring talent. That's just me. Shane continues to prove his worth with these crazy stunts, and he does these just ridiculous high spots that, that earn him uh, cred in the back, I'm sure, and certainly among fans. But I just, you know, if a non-wrestler beats AJ Styles in a wrestling match at WrestleMania, I'll be disappointed, to say the least. Well, the thing you have to, you never have to worry about with Shane McMahon is Shane McMahon actually winning. Um, I think somebody ran the stats, and he hasn't gotten a pinfall in a match in like 15 years. So we're good there. Uh, but you are absolutely spot on. Um, you know, talking about Cena and Miz deserving better, AJ Styles certainly deserves better. I mean, there's no reason why WrestleMania couldn't have been uh, the culmination of the Cena-Styles feud, and we would be raving about the match they could have had. Um, but Vince saw other things and maybe seen his schedule. And uh, I think this is the idea that Styles, you know, they wanted Styles to have a showcase match. Um, you know, Shawn Michaels said on a, on a podcast like a, a few weeks ago that WWE came to him looking for him to have a match against AJ Styles. So, it's not that they disrespect Styles. It's not they don't they don't love what he's doing. It's this is their best attempt to give him a spot at WrestleMania, and they think a WrestleMania spot is a match against Shane McMahon, and that just kind of sums up everything in their mindset and um, you know how they view their place in the wrestling world. So uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you how this match is going to go. Um, Shane McMahon is going to have some crummy offense. He's going to look bad. He's going to throw some bad punches. He's going to take a crazy bump, and Styles is going to win. <laughs> so basically, last year's match against the Undertaker again. And and I yeah. heard I was listening to the Masked Man podcast with Dave Shoemaker, who said he heard that the reason this match is happening is because Shane was disappointed in his performance against the Undertaker. 
last year, which I actually rewatched yesterday, and it's really not bad. It's actually a pretty entertaining match, just you know, on its own. But yeah, I mean, you're right. The, the crummy offense and the awkward punching and the, the just not being a wrestler in general with Shane is just. It's just weird, and look, I mean, like, if it, if it works for story like it did during the Attitude Era, then I'm fine with it. And if if it's awkward and he's working with his dad and obviously they played off of off of uh, Stone Cold as well as they did, then it was just it was just entertaining on the whole. But I don't know. For me, Shane uh, just isn't the same guy as, as he was back then. He's not as goofy. He's not as susceptible uh, to looking stupid the way he did back then and playing that for comedy. He's been... He's been sharp, and he's been uh, a guy who uh, seemingly only wants to look cool, and and you know has done his best to do that since his return, and is rarely ever the butt of a joke. I mean, that doesn't mean he doesn't take bumps and hits, and he has, and he's taken you know stuff from AJ Styles obviously, and the Undertaker match, and he's taken an F five that led to nowhere from Brock uh, Lesnar at, at SummerSlam. But I, I, Shane as a character has been disappointing to me since his return and hasn't really earned uh, a WrestleMania match with uh, someone like AJ Styles. So that's why I'm a little sour on this match. But again, I have no doubt like once it starts and once these guys uh, get at it, there are going to be some really fun moments. If you could imagine him playing the character that his father played or playing the character that his sister plays, if you could imagine a match where you would want to see his ass get kicked and get kicked hard, this match could work. Yeah. But you'd, you'd have to totally reverse the character dynamic. And in this match, like most fans go into it with like, yeah, Styles got screwed out of a championship match. And like Styles is a wrestler and he's really good at being a wrestler. And Shane's just a dude like what am i supposed to feel when i watch this match so it's it's kind of a mess and you know let's just hope that shane lives i think that's that's the best possible outcome from this yeah and i think the best possible outcome for the next match would be the undertaker living through it because there are uh, a lot of questions as to whether or not the guy can finish a full-on wrestlemania match at his uh, current age, and he'll obviously take on Roman Reigns in a match that, you know, people didn't necessarily want, but a lot of people uh, largely expected going into its announcement that finally happened just a few weeks ago. And, you know, I, I don't really care whose yard the WWE is, uh, but, you know, the matchup, I guess, is intriguing, intriguing enough, even if we didn't necessarily want it. Reigns obviously needed an opponent, so did The Undertaker, because he he hasn't announced his retirement yet and maybe this will be his last match maybe it won't i don't know but uh it, it, it it's quite frankly felt like his last match the last few times especially since he lost to lesnar which probably should have been his last match and, and the wrestlemania matches he's had since then haven't been memorable uh, to me personally uh even though you know they've been fine it would make sense for the Undertaker to, to finish his career with uh, one career loss, which, again, he should have done uh, with Lesnar. Uh, but, you know, not much makes a whole lot of sense about Roman Reigns' run, so I don't know why we should expect Sunday night's outcome to make a whole lot of sense. So I, I think that Reigns is probably going to win this for whatever reason, and the fans are going to be m- more pissed than ever. So 
my pick is Roman Reigns for not much of a reason at all. Vince McMahon's mindset is the same as it's been for the past, what, three years now, in that he wants Roman Reigns to be the guy. Not a not a good guy, not a bad guy, but the guy. Um, and I don't know whether that was a Roman Reigns voice or a Vince McMahon voice, but it's basically the same thing. So I, I, I'm going to tell you how this show is going to end. And this is this is hashtag uh, uh, um, a spoiler in the way that uh, Paul Heyman calls it calls it a spoiler. This show is going to end with a stare down between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. That's how WrestleMania 33 ends because that's where Vince wants to go next. Um, and this this is a line that ends either next week or next month or at SummerSlam or wherever with Roman Reigns holding the Universal Championship as your number one babyface. And the Undertaker match is going to be used somehow to achieve that objective. I think that's impossible. I think it's foolhardy to try. But by God, Vince is going to continue to try, and there's nothing we can do to stop him. So you're right. Roman Wayne's uh wins uh to a chorus of boos and it might be the very last time we see Undertaker um wrestling. And that's um that's kind of a shame. Yeah, what a way to go. And call me crazy, but didn't we get Reigns versus Lesnar two years ago? And didn't we get upset fans as a result of that? Like I, I know Roman Reigns look, and I, I'm not Roman Reigns' biggest critic. Although I have very gradually soured, like most people sort of have instantly done, on his booking. It just hasn't been great. And I think he's been really good in the ring. Like once you get the guy in the ring and he's, he's up against the likes of an AJ Styles or, you know, a couple of years ago at Daniel Bryan or Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, he puts on really good matches. And, and I'm guessing that this will be a good enough match. I don't know if The Undertaker, I, I don't know where he is physically. Right now, I'm sure he'll be. I'm sure he'll rise to the occasion. We'll get a fine match, but yeah, I mean, unless they just do something drastically different with Roman Reigns, if we don't get, if we get more of the same, it's just going to be really disappointing. But I mean, the guy sells a lot of merch, so if that's what's driving Vince McMahon's decision making here in terms of how to book the actual wrestling, then it's disappointing. You know, I guess it makes sense from a bottom line standpoint. But man, if we get, if that is our main event next year, and something miraculous doesn't happen in, in the calendar year, then, whoa, man, the fans are going to be super pissed. I, I will tell you, if you want to kick off the next WWE renaissance, you have Reigns go heel. And I said that for like 10 times, like the last 10 Reigns matches. But Undertaker wins, Reigns turns heel, and basically retires the Undertaker after the match. And just a vicious, nasty assault comes out Monday and cuts the heel promo that we know is deep inside him. And the next year of WWE programming is a dominant, nasty, despicable heel Roman Reigns totally beating down the Raw roster in basically the same way that he's been doing the last two or three years. You could build to some epic match, say Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, and you could build to a WrestleMania match two or three years from now 
where it's somebody finally taking down Roman Reigns. And I, I think you, you could do Bonzo business with that. And But, again, we're not going to get it. Yeah, you're putting the fantasy in fantasy booking there, Nevin. I'm afraid. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, look, we've, we've done it the last 10 years with John Cena. We, we're going to do it the next 10 years with Roman Reigns. God he help could us. finally turn heel. He could finally uh, turn heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to happen. The cycle continues. So, the next match, Seth Rollins versus Triple H. This is a feud that makes perfect sense on paper. paper the, the teacher versus pupil coming to blows uh, on the largest scale possible. It, 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 the build has seemed wonky to me, sort of like the WrestleMania build overall, especially considering Triple H is just flat-out sheer physical dominance over Rollins, and I know that they're using an injury to, to push that, but, you know, Triple H is in the business of making Triple H look good, whether that's, um, you know, in, in storyline or in real life. And I think to make that at the expense of a guy like Seth Rollins, arguably your best in-ring performer, shout-out to AJ Styles, no offense, I, look, I, I think it's I think it's a bad move, personally, to make Rollins look as bad as they've had. And, and I think that ever since his abrupt good guy turn, I think his, his run has seen ups and downs, but fans seem to be still behind him. I mean, he's still getting major cheers, especially in this, in this rivalry, and these guys are capable of putting on a fantastic match. But I don't know, man. Like, it just doesn't feel interesting enough to me. I'm not as excited as I need to be. It's, I think it's just because of one humiliation after another for Rollins leading up to Sunday night. Uh, a win for him only makes sense. And, and hopefully that'll mean uh, Rollins stops using Triple H's finisher, which I doubt will happen. And, and hopefully that means Triple H will once again uh, take another loss. I mean, he did it last year, so I don't know if he's going to do it two years in a row. But Rollins should win this match. I think Rollins will win this match, but I'm sure I'll be surprised and disappointed. Triple H's in-ring returns have largely been of little consequence. Uh, I'm trying to think right now, and I, I can't even remember his match. Oh, it was against Reigns, right? Yeah, the main um, event. <laughs> yeah, I know, right, T? Um, yeah, I, you know, he's got a terrible backstage reputation, uh, Triple H does, in terms of being a guy who is just has the world's largest ego and it needs constant validation. You combine that, too, with his status as, like, half a McMahon now. Um, I think there's a very good chance that Triple H could win this match. I think I think he could call, he could talk Vince and himself into thinking, well, gee, I have to wrestle you know at, at Mania next year. I have to be in a showcase match next year, my once a year match, because I'll be the new Undertaker, and I can't lose to a guy who only has one good leg. That doesn't make any sense. I'm the gamer. Um, so, I, I mean, it's this this match is a year too late. It's uh, you know, they've they've done you know they've made missteps with Rollins' character. You know they reacted badly to the Finn Balor injury. Um, so yeah, I I just this just is a mess of a match and a mess of a program. And I hope that we can move past it. That's uh, that's about all I can say. If I had to give a prediction, I I really think Triple H is going to talk himself into needing a win here, and yeah. I think that's what we're going to get. Well, well, here's another prediction you can you can write in stone. His entrance will be stupid. It'll be <laughs> really stupid. Whatever it is, it'll be dumb. So 
Uh, I don't this, think I don't think they have a Terminator movie to plug this year, so maybe it won't be as bad as that. So let's get to the women's the Raw women's championship match, uh, a four way match between Bailey, the champion, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Nia Jax. And you know, I would have really loved if this had been a triple threat match between Bailey, Charlotte, and Sasha Banks. And I, you know, I think Nia Jax uh, can bring a lot to the table, and I'm intrigued. By, by her addition, but when it was when it was a triple threat, I was really pumped for it. And I thought like this could easily be match of the night. And, and these these women have obviously displayed a pretty elite level of in ring chemistry over the past year, especially Charlotte and Sasha. Um, but I think that Bailey and Sasha are going to feud pretty soon. I think we're going to get the Sasha turn maybe on Sunday night, and these two are going to feud. I'm not sure what that means for Charlotte, unfortunately. I wish that she still had the title, and I wish she could win the title again. But I think Bailey's going to retain, and I think that's going to set off a Bailey versus Sasha feud. Well, you said you were excited for a triple threat. I'll do you one better uh, in terms of the uh, subtraction by addition. This match should be the culmination of the Bailey versus Charlotte feud. Uh, this should be. Charlotte going into WrestleMania as a dominant heel champion, uh, Bailey looking for her first title win. Um, the story is all screwed up. The addition of Sasha and Nia is just unnecessary, and it's a mess. Um, again, going back to the idea that we're getting everybody on the card, um, I think I would I would probably go. Um, sort of the opposite of the way the way you see this. I think Sasha turns in the match. Sasha wins, and we get Bailey chasing Sasha, and Charlotte and Nia and Dana Brooke go off and do something. I I, I don't know, um, but um, yeah, this is it, it's not what it could be, and that's a shame. That and, and you could say that for so much of this card. Yeah, and you're absolutely right about what it probably should be, how it should have been set up, and how it should play out. Just like strictly by the traditional sort of structure of WrestleMania, WrestleManias of the past. I mean, that that would be Bailey's big moment, right? Beating the evil villain who had held the title for as long as she did, but that's not the way they wanted to go. So that's unfortunate. So, and it's stuff, not like that's a complicated story. That's not no. hard booking. They 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 it's like the biggest unforced error in WWE in the last six months is the the Raw Women's Championship feud. Well, that brings us to the biggest feud of the night, and that's Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens, which has, man, you know, it, it's culminating in this big showdown at WrestleMania, but it, it almost feels like WrestleMania, the biggest event of the year, isn't good enough. For, for what these two have, and maybe it, it's been rushed. You know, maybe maybe we needed a little bit more time for the feud to build after we had so many months with Owens and Jericho teaming up together. We got their amazing split in the, the last month's Festival of Friendship Gone Wrong, uh, which really perfectly set up a grudge match, like if it had to in a hurry. But, man, if this had just gestated for a little bit longer and, and we had seen these two sort of go at it, uh, week to week on on Raw leading up to a big pay per view match, I, I think we could have something really, really, truly special. And again, it's just one of those matches that has, even though it's for a belt, the U.S. title, 
it, it just seems like it's kind of gotten lost in the shovel, shuffle among these uh, so-called bigger matches that WWE has forced as as the headliners. So this match, uh, I, I kind of wish that it was the Universal title match on Sunday night, and, and even if it wasn't for a belt, it would be great because of these two and the chemistry that they have. It's really unparalleled in the company right now. It should translate well enough in the ring, uh, even though their biggest strengths uh, really lie in their mic work. But they're they're pros, so we can count on on them to deliver a satisfying uh, piece of storytelling. And and look, I think Jericho has earned another Mania win based on the work that he's done over the past year, arguably his best year ever. But I think Owens will get the win. Oh yeah, um, and I will agree with everything that you said there. Um, um, Rammer Slammer is really all about agreement. So we're we're friends here, and we uh, we have compatible views here. Um, Jericho has done the best work of his career, and it really is a shame. WWE.com has this match, this match that has seen so much television time, this match that includes one of the all-time greats in the business and one of the all-time you know, current greats in Kevin Owens, you know, one of the best current wrestlers, eighth from the top in their match listings. That is ridiculous. Um, it's, you know, it just signals to me that, you know, they had the Universal Championship on Kevin Owens for a, a long stretch. He carried Raw. He did a service for the company. Now, thank you, Kevin. Uh, we're going to give you the U.S. title. We're going to put you back in the mid-card where we think you belong and we're going to give we're going to go back to to featuring Roman Reigns. Um it's 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 too bad uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great match. It's been a it's been a pretty good feud after the Festival of Friendship where Kevin Owens got more serious as a character and had that harder, nastier edge to him that he needed. Um but um yeah, I think I think Jericho Goes on a summer tour with uh, with Fozzie, and you know Owens back in the mid card, and it's um, again another shame. So we're going to get Owens versus Rusev, or, or you know, if Jack Swagger had been here, then maybe I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe who knows what we're going to get from Owens uh, moving forward. That's a shame. The way you, you impressed me, the way you framed that. Um, that brings us to the WWE Championship match. And look, let's be let's be clear here. This match for the belt, the like top would be top belt in the history of WWE, this has been reduced to a virtual, not even virtual. This has been reduced to a mid-card match uh this this evening, much like it did at last year's SummerSlam when absolutely nobody cared about Ambrose versus Ziggler for the WWE title. And I think that we're going to get a similar room for it. I think this is going to be a bathroom break match for a lot of people. But look, the feud between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton has had a long and committed build. You've got to give them credit for that. But for me personally, as somebody who's not a big fan of Randy Orton, this whole thing has felt a little sleepy. I don't think he's done particularly good work uh, leading up to it. I think I thought that he was, uh, you know, one of the worst possible uh, Royal one, winners of the Royal Rumble, or at least outcomes that could have happened. And, and look, I, I like Bray Wyatt. I'm glad he's got the belt, and I hope he keeps it. Um, but something tells me that 
uh, Bray Wyatt's like true arch nemesis right now, Luke Harper, is going to cost him the belt, uh, and that's going to set up another feud. And I think they're going to give the WWE title back to Randy Orton for like the fifteenth time or whatever. And that's just as boring as hell to me. Yeah, um, you know, going back to the Rumble, you start to look at these feuds, and you're like, okay, why does Randy Orton need? You know, to win the Royal Rumble. Like, this is the most artificial match on the card because Orton wins the Rumble and then magically Bray Wyatt gets the WWE Championship at the Elimination Chamber. And it's like, oh, look, they set this up as a title match in this feud that we, you know, this match that we knew was coming. You know, Randy Orton wasn't going to be a Wyatt family member forever. Um, and my theory is. They looked at the two feuds that they had spent some of the most time together putting together, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, Goldberg, Lesnar, and I think they figured, hey, this card has too many matches. We don't have time to build up other title programs. We don't have other title programs that make sense to us. Let's just squeeze the belts into these other programs. Let's make the belt secondary in these feuds that we already have. And, you know, that's what gets you Goldberg beating um, Owens at Fastlane. That's what gets you Bray Wyatt, you know, as champion when Bray Wyatt had never held the championship before, had never really been in a title program before. It doesn't really make sense for that character to have a championship. And, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think Randy Orton just in trying to figure out what's going to come next for SmackDown. I think Randy Orton gets the championship. He starts to feud with, you know, some of the, uh, some of the heels on the show. Um, and, you know, maybe gets a little life and a little energy in his character. But yeah, he needs to move on from this Wyatt feud. It has run its course definitely. And we, I think, can all do with a little less hocus pocus on SmackDown. Yeah. I agree. And look, when the Royal Rumble happened, all I could think was like, was it like, was it in his contract like five years ago that he would win <laughs> another Royal Rumble? You know, and, and now they just couldn't think of a better scenario. And so, all right, well, let's just give Randy the Royal Rumble he, we promised him and the title run that we promised him. Because, I mean, look, I, I get that there are a lot of people who like him and that he's dependable and that he's just got, he, he's established, he has a built in. Following, and I understand the reasoning behind sort of like leaning on him, but just for me personally, he doesn't excite me. I think he's I think he's a boring character. I think his in-ring work is fine. I think it's as safe as people criticize the Miz style for being, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, so it, it's just, it's not my favorite, but it's just something I guess we just got to live with until the next few. So, I will. Um Next up, we've got the, the finale here, what will surely end the show for the universal title, Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar, the big heavyweight fight. And look, at 50 years old, which is insane, uh, Goldberg has has actually done a decent job of sort of reinvigorating his fan base, the, the greater WWE fan base to an extent, um, first of all, by making us feel uh, physically inadequate, given uh, the way he looks <laughs> at 50 years old, which is insane. Um, but look, I, I worry about his in-ring performance, and that doesn't necessarily mean that 
oh lord, you know, will will he last a, a twenty minute match? Because I don't think it'll be just des- it's not going to be designed for that. Because I mean, he's wrestled like what three times since returning, and he, he's uh, performed for like a total of literally five minutes in those three matches so far, including all of those pay per views. So yeah, I, I'm not expecting a long match here, but that that sort of gives this that real life heavyweight bout feel that WWE often longs for because, you know, I think that that's just an unfortunate influence uh, that UFC has had on on WWE throughout the years. And, you know, I guess that's appropriate given Lesnar's uh, transition between the two, you know, back and forth. Um, But this is pro wrestling. And, and, you know, I I don't love the fact that a pair of part-timers are going for the company's most important title. But, look, I'm not going to deny that the theatrics that have happened thus far haven't been relatively interesting for one reason or another. But, you know, again, I think Goldberg has done a decent job, and, uh, you know, he's he's been fine. But I guess Lesnar, like you said, is, is sort of the future, going the immediate future anyway, moving forward. So that, you know, and given Goldberg has dominated him, at Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble, it's time for Lesnar to to do his part and get a win. So I think Lesnar's going to win. Yeah, I mean, I don't see any way out of uh, you know Goldberg, you know, finishing his comeback story with a with a happy ending. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna take another F five, which I've, I'm surprised he took the first one, and he is gonna he Goldberg is gonna lose. Um, I'm gonna disagree with you uh for once and say that I have just I've hated every minute of this return for Goldberg because in my mind he breaks the narrative. He obviously painfully can't wrestle. Um in that you know they don't trust him to do much. Even in has his athletic crime they didn't trust him to do much. But you know you could argue, oh, there was you know the shock value in the first Lesnar win, and that was that was kind of cute. But you know they had him basically beat um, Owens by slipping on a banana peel, and it's just the storytelling it it it, it gets all broken when you include Goldberg, and it doesn't make sense in an in-world narrative that oh gee, none of these other title matches only go like two minutes and yeah you just uh, you know why does why does why is a spear and a jackhammer so much more powerful than anything else um i think lesnar has been damaged in this feud um you know there was a time a couple of years ago you know, right after that SummerSlam match against john cena where brock lesnar looked like a world destroyer and i think if you had paid lesnar the money he wanted to have him on the show more as the WWE champion at the time, you could have really built something with Brock Lesnar as this dominant champion who would just destroy people. And it could be you know, going back to like the, the Roman you know gladiator fights. You would pay money to see Brock destroy somebody. And in this match, I just, like some of the other matches we talked about, I was like, I, I don't care. I want Goldberg off my television. Uh, you know, sure, you look you look great. I wish this match had been or his return had been about him coming back to destroy some mid level heel uh and not get involved in this championship picture because again, from a storytelling standpoint, it doesn't make sense for this fifty year old to have this belt, to have the kind of matches that he's having, 
uh, and I just I want it to be done. So anything that gets Goldberg off the program and back to being, you know, a retired, not good pro wrestler is is fine with me. And I don't want Reigns Lesnar, but I can live with it if it means Goldberg is gone. <laughs> well, look, I agree with you to an extent. I, I think he's been terrible on the mic, and, and not because you know he's necessarily bad at performing and, and talking necessarily, but I think his, the stuff he says has been so awful. Like it, it's just been such an like just enormous ego trip for him, and you know I don't really understand it because of Brock Lesnar's just seeming in like seemingly like he's had this insistence on just tearing apart the entire roster, no matter who he's faced, and making everybody look bad, whether that's whether that's uh, Dean Ambrose or, or Randy Orton or whoever he's facing in a feud. It doesn't really matter. He's just going to suplex them a ton, and he's going he's to beat them. He's going to end up winning. And I don't really understand why is that different for Goldberg? Like, why has he allowed Goldberg to dominate him in this fashion if all it's going to lead up to is a slightly more competitive match at WrestleMania that he'll ultimately win. I just, you know, I, I think it's interesting for the story that we finally have somebody that, you know, Brock sort of respects or sort of fears to an extent, but just in terms of blending real life with with what we see in the ring, I just don't really understand it. Like, why was now the right time? Why Goldberg? And again, I just, I haven't really liked Goldberg's uh, persona necessarily this time because, look, we the reason we, if, if you did, we liked Goldberg back during the WCW days. It wasn't because of what he was doing on the mic, you know? Like, we liked Goldberg as a, a quiet, unstoppable, just dominant force of nature. And, and that's why he worked so well. It wasn't because of the promos he was cutting. And that's why it's been so awkward for me this time around. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I hope Brock Lesnar wins, and I hope we see uh, more of uh, the Brock that we got a couple of years ago because uh, it's been kind of a sleepy run for him lately, and we need him back to his dominant self, back in the title picture where we're seeing him more. And we've seen Paul Heyman sort of do the same promo for uh, two to three years straight with Brock Lesnar now, and it's gotten old. And and so, you know, hopefully we'll see a little bit of change there. It sort of makes me think that they're wasting Paul Heyman, if you can believe that. So, yeah, I think Lesnar wins, and I think we move forward. So, Okay, that that does it for the card. We're done with the WrestleMania card. But the last thing I want to get from you, Nevin, is surprises, cameos, moments that may or may not happen on Sunday night. Are there any big returns? Are there any just big things that you foresee? Give me one. Give me one thing you guarantee will happen on Sunday night that nobody is expecting or that people are slightly expecting. Oh, geez. Um, I think The Rock is going to be featured somehow. He's going to make either an on-camera appearance or he's going to have some backstage videotape promo. He's going to be there in some fashion. Now, I expect that almost 100%. If you want to give me like some kind of 50%, maybe, um, maybe the Hardys make an appearance, maybe, or we get some indication of what Kurt Angle's in-ring future is going to be. I think last year 
and maybe the year before, the story after WrestleMania was NXT call-ups. This year, I think it's going to be uh, basically returns. We have Finn Balor coming back. We have the Hardys almost certainly coming back. Uh, and then I think Kurt Angle is going to be some kind of in-ring or television performer for the company in, somehow, uh, in some fashion. So maybe we get some hints at where where they're coming or where they're going uh, for the next couple of months with, with Balor, with the Hardys, with Angle. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Rock has to be there somehow. I mean, it's it's basically, it's, it's, it's you know, his home state. I mean, he's got to be there. So uh, that's that's my one bottom line guarantee. Yeah, what would a WrestleMania be without a 40-minute Rock entrance? So. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think I think Balor will make some sort of appearance. I'm not sure where necessarily. Maybe in the Rollins Triple H match. I don't know. Maybe in the Owens Jericho match. Who knows? But I mean, the guy's been performing at house shows, and I, I think it's insane for them to have uh, let him make his uh, return at house shows that are clearly documented by many, including the company, via social media. If, if the guy had just come back, just cold turkey. Instead, instead of these hints at it, it would have been such an amazing moment. But whatever, I guess. Um, so the big one for me, Nevin, we've talked about this before, and I, I have just, just a strange feeling that it's going to happen on Sunday night. What about Hulk Hogan? We, we, we've seen nothing to substantiate the speculation that WWE is going to finally welcome him back in Orlando this weekend, but the timing feels strangely right for it, and, and we have no doubt the company will eventually do it one day. Um, I'm not sure that, you know, he should be rewarded with the WrestleMania comeback, but Vince McMahon is going to give the fans what they want. And if they want Hulk Hogan right now, we're going to get him on Sunday night. So do you think that it could happen on Sunday? It could happen in the same realm, and I would put it at the same percentage chance that Roman Reigns turns heel. Um I just think that what money is there to be left with, you know, what money is there left to be made with Hulk Hogan? I, there's just not a compelling enough reason to bring him back. And I think it would be all too easy to just start talking about all of the various ongoing tape scandals with WWE performers if you bring Hogan back right now. Um, so... You know, I I think we're at a point with Hogan that okay, we can mention him on TV, we can show his picture, but again, what he's what is he going to do for the company? How many people really want him back? Is it just going to be a nasty reminder of why he had to leave in the first place? You know, there's just there's nothing to be left with him, so I think he continues in exile. Here's here's what I, I think is sort of an X factor is an unfortunate X-Factor, too, because I could just see this happening. The New Day hosting, I think, hosting the event changes it. And I think that if if there's a window, if there's an opportunity for it to happen in terms of this, like, grand gesture from WWE, I hope they don't do this, but it could be letting the New Day be the, the sort of catalyst to announce Hulk Hogan's return, and for them to be in the same ring as him as he makes his big triumphant return, the crowd does whatever chant and cheers for him or whatever, and 
and, and they uh, play a big role in, in welcome, wel- welcoming him back and sort of, you know, play this symbolic role in doing so. And again, Hulk Hogan doesn't deserve that. I mean, like he, you know, I don't, we obviously don't know the guy personally. We don't know where he is in terms of his, his own sort of reconciliation with, with those demons and, and what he did to earn that exile. But again, I mean, if it, you're right. If, if it's good for business, it's going to happen. I, we don't know how good for business it could be, but Vince McMahon is, is all about creating these WrestleMania moments, right? And Hulk Hogan coming back to thunderous applause from the fans would be one of those moments, whether people liked it or not. So I, I have this weird feeling that it's going to happen, and, and if it does, I, I think the New Day will be involved. I wish all the slammers out there could see the face that I'm making right now. I, You know, I, like I said, I had this vision of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar ending the show, and I was like, well, that's really depressing. I, I think what you just conjured is even more depressing because it's not that, oh, oh I think Ben Flanagan wants that to happen. It's that I think it's a totally wrong move but I can see Vince going for it. I can right. see Vince thinking that, oh, yeah, this is just fine. Um, gross. Just bleeping gross. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, like you said, Hogan does not deserve for that to happen. And I would hope that they would not make the new day uh, go off and do that. But, yeah, it could very well happen. And, they are going to have segments um, as hosts, and that's something we didn't include. That uh, you know, I, I think uh, we can hope for um, the Rock and New Day, New Day partying. Like that would be aspirational. But I think at the very worst, it could be New Day just wearing out their welcome again, uh, doing the same goofy merch skits again. And at the very, very, very worst, doing some kind of segment with Hogan. Ugh. Ugh. You, you <laughs> dark, evil man knowing the mind of another dark, evil man. Gross, Ben Flanagan. I apologize. So <laughs> I'm I'm already exhausted with WrestleMania, and we haven't even gotten to the 72-hour show yet. So we've made a huge mistake. I think they just added another match. It's, it's a full 96 hours now. <laughs> All right, well, uh, Professor Dr. Will Nevin, we appreciate the time, and we look forward to seeing how wrong we are. Let's hope so. Pleasure as always. Rammer Slammer is produced and edited by Ben Flanagan for the Alabama Media Group and AL.com. Find us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Rammer Slammer. Thanks for listening. <laughs>